Thought Bubble Audio. Up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who <laughs> are I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves to wear anchors on his jackets, friend Frank. How are you today? feeling very nautical thank you for asking how are you i am doing quite well i am not feeling nautical for i am mm. afraid to swim in the ocean frank mm. uh fun fact about about me love the ocean not going in it <laughs> is that is that true do you not do you not yeah. swim in the ocean uh generally not really no huh. i yeah. did not know that about you i have this i have this fear it's a it's a real fear i actually just i can't remember the name of it but it's like the test is kind of like Imagine yourself in a giant, la- like a giant pond or lake, all by yourself. Okay, let's do this now. So close your eyes. Imagine yourself in a giant pond, all by yourself, and your feet are just floating there, swimming back and forth, and you're not really doing much of anything. It's very calm, and you have no idea what's under you. Oh, okay. Does that? Are you are you okay with that, or do you have a little bit of dread inside of you right uh, now? I mean, I don't love that, but I feel like I don't feel like I have a specific fear of it. I feel like it's more of it's just like, well, wait, there's something behind me. What's behind me, or underneath me? Whatever. That's that sounds bad. Like you know, it's just sort of like mm-hmm. the general self preservation thing. But sure. I can't I can't say that I've ever had that thought before of like being afraid of what's beneath me in a okay yeah because that actually fills me with the heebie-jeebies like i just can't i just can't (laughs) no so i don't mind like waiting or like walking in the water or something like that but as soon as like i've got to the point where i can't stand anymore forget Mm. it so would you say that it is a fear of the unknown and or large objects underwater it is Definitely a fear of the unknown. It doesn't necessarily have to be a large object. It could be a a tiny object that could be very painful. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm looking for what the name of this fear is, just out of curiosity, and I found a list of phobias, swimming-related phobias. One is thalassophobia is a fear of the sea, but yours sounds more specific than just the fear of the sea. Right, because I love sitting by the water. I even love boats and being on the water and all that stuff. And But if if my feet aren't touching the ground, that's it starts to... Okay. It starts to mess with me. I don't know. I feel like this is like this fear of unknown objects underwater, unknown or large objects underwater, might mm. be the closest. And that's megalohydro... Wait. Megalohydrothalassophobia. Yeah. See why I couldn't remember Megalohydrothalassophobia. The... You see why I couldn't remember the name of it? Yeah. 
yeah, that sounds right. Large mega, large opto hydro water makes sense. Boom, yeah. got it. Yeah. Latin, got it. Latin, boom, <laughs> got done. It. So, um, so th- this fear stems from I think where a lot of fears stem from your childhood, and that childhood, as a young age, I was introduced to the movie Jaws, um, nineteen seventy five, Steven Spielberg, and. I'm pretty sure that's where this fear comes from. And I think a lot of people have a slight fear of the ocean because of Jaws. Yeah. Uh, um, but before we start talking about that and my feelings on Jaws and your feelings on Jaws. What I have I have a fear of not knowing what beer you're drinking. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you, it's a themed beer, Frank. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm drinking a Narragansett Town Beach. Ah, very nice. Yes. Very yes. nice. I don't know that I've ever tried that one. I don't know if I've ever seen that one, actually. Uh, the well, can here it is. Oh. oh, maybe I have seen it. Oh, that's nice. That looks lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've never actually, I've only had the regular Narragansett. I've never had any of their, I've never, actually, that's not true. I've had their Shandy. Shandy, Dill Shandy. The Shandy. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have but, a uh, whole bunch of, um, they have a whole bunch of, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, the Cthulhu guy. Um, oh, he's killing me right now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you oh, see. Uh, Lovecraft. 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 Like, yeah, Lovecraft. yeah, <laughs> you did it. Yeah. HP. I was gonna give you uh, like it, it's a printer. Um, no. Yeah. I was, ah! <laughs> uh, no, I was. Uh, I was just blanking. Yeah, they have a whole bunch of Lovecraft themed um, beers from Narragansett. Do they? Well, yeah. he was from he was from Providence, so that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The cans are all. Yeah. It's interesting. You should look it up one day. It's. That, it's I will definitely look that up. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna I'll put it in the show notes and buy it. That's what I'm gonna. Yeah. Do. I mean, if you see them, buy them. They're good. Uh, they're very good. I saw. Their is a lovely place. town. If everybody has a chance to get there, it is awesome. Nice, nice. I've never been. Mm. I'd love to. It's very nice down there. Would this beer is also pretty good. 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 Actually. I am drinking another summer beer, one that I don't think I've done yet on the show. I've been saving it for a while. It's our favorite tried and true, the Sam Adams Port Yay! Chocker. Yeah. Port Chocker. Uh, we were tweeting back and forth with our buddy Scott um, uh, on, uh, a few weeks ago, and I think, oh, he had he had gotten himself finally some Port Chocker. He, he finally found a six-pack where he lives, and we were like, oh, good, enjoy it, and I, I had said how I had a six-pack that I was waiting to drink for a long time and was waiting to drink it on the show and this is the last one that I, I left specifically for this purpose so I could drink it on this podcast Yay. and this today's topic seems like the perfect one to break it out so cheers I agree I agree so I want to get back to as I was speaking of I want to get back to our topic as I drink my day pass IPA yes we're talking talk, we're going to talk about Jaws I started at a very young age when did you see it uh, when I was like 16 or something Oh, oh, a little bit, a bit later. Older. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I saw, oh my God, I must have been eight or nine, I think, when I saw Jaws for the first time. My mom had, had this like time frame in which she wanted to introduce us to classic films. Right. Even though we might have been slightly too young to watch said classic films. Like, you're nine years old. It's time for Psycho. You have to see <laughs> good film. You know, so... Um, so I might have been a little older than that, but not much, maybe 10. Uh, and I remember watching Jaws at an early age, and I loved it then. Don't get So I'm going to preface this. Jaws is one of my favorite movies. Top five favorite movies, Jaws. Um, and I, 
And people are like, well, what about Star Wars? Because Star Wars is so many films and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Discounting the trilogy. You discount your trilogies and your franchises and, and your this. You, yeah. You just, yeah. When yeah. you're picking one, um, yeah, if uh, Jaws is top five for me easily. I watch it every year. I'm every always, summer, every mm-hmm. summer, especially come July when it's supposed to get really hot here in New England, I think of you and Jaws mm-hmm. and how much you love that movie. And you always, you always manage to see like a, a well, it, you typically see a screening of it somewhere, right? You, you, or do you don't always just watch it at home? I I try to see a screening of it if I can. I've seen it on the big screen. I've seen it on the big screen once, twice. Okay. Maybe okay. twice. I've seen okay. it on the big screen twice, uh, and I, I was actually I think it was this coming week or the past week a place was showing it, but it was a midnight showing, and I am not about that life anymore. Mm. I I can't do it. Yeah, that's I, that's I, for young people. I can't think about leaving my house at ten o'clock at night to go somewhere, even mm. though I could very well be up and I could watch it because I'm a night owl, especially during the summer. I just I can't I cannot bring myself to go and sit in a place for two hours knowing I won't be home till three or four in the morning. Can't do it. So anyway. Yeah. So Jaws, one of my favorite films. You like this film? I do. Mark? You do I like do. this film. I like it. I, I like it. Okay. You I, love it. I love this film. And so I guess I'm this is not a hit me with your best shot because you are have already seen this film and you like this film, but I'm here to explain to you maybe why this film is excellent. In a segment we like to call Everyone knows it's a good movie already. We probably don't have to sell it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really long segment name that I did not run by the marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really got to run that by marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh anyway. my god, run that by marketing. So, uh, so if 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 I was to ask you what this movie is about, what would you tell me? Um, it's about a shark that attacks attacks a small beach town and the it's really about the guys who go out to try and stop the shark catch the shark and and, and put its reign of terror to an end okay that's good I, i'll accept that i'll accept that as a good synopsis of the movie and i think you are right in both explanations i one it is the the main plot is about this shark is attacking people on amnesty island and and these guys kind of team up to stop it. But the film is really about the guys. Mostly it's about Roy Schneider who plays Chief Brody. Hey, Chiefy, you know, you got to you got to stop the shark, Chiefy. <laughs> anyway, um so it's about him. But they all what I really like about this film, it's it's really you could call it classic Steven Spielberg, I guess. Well, one it definitely is because it's a second film, but um Certainly, it's it's his you know it's more than just the a plot, right? It's what else right. is this? What else is this movie about? Uh, and so it's really about Brody, who is not from the island. He's not a native islander, and he he's from New York, and he comes to be the chief of police on the island. And so, the first kind of real conversation we have with him. 
and his wife Ellen, it's it's not about it's not about um, the shark or regular stuff. It's about being an islander, and so this whole movie is really about his quest to belong on the island. And so the shark kind of represents this. Like if I, he doesn't think this way at all, but if he kills the shark, he becomes one of them almost mm-hmm. because you have it's basically an island of townies. And it's very up, much so, yeah. And it's up to the outsider, the other outsider, and then the islander to kind of team up and, and take this down. So, but the first conversation he has is like, "Oh, maybe I gotta, you know, I gotta try my Boston accent out. You know, park the car down in the <laughs> yacht, Harvard by the yard. You know, he and it's it, and he's just figuring out." the island and how things works. And he's a little pragmatic, you know, it's like, oh, there's an attack. We should close down the beaches. And everyone's like, where the mayor's like, oh no, we can't close down the beaches because that's our entire economy. Right. So if you close down the beaches, uh, we're all going to starve. What are we going to do? It's in our name. It's Amity Island. Island. Right. There's kind of what we do. There's no going off the island. And so, and so he's, He's the he's the audience, right? He because he's not an islander. And then you have and then you have your your second character brought in who Richard Dreyfus plays Hooper and he is the expert, right? So you have the non expert and you have the you have the islander regular dude, non islander regular dude. Now you have Hooper played by Richard Dreyfus, who is the technological face of the crew right he's a marine biologist right uh yeah in essence of sorts and he is independent he is independently wealthy and he does this not for money but because he likes it and so he comes to help basically and to study and to know and so on and so forth and he's not interested in being an islander he is there to just for the shark but he is his kind of personal journey is learning that the tech is not always what's going to save you, Mm. you know, or it's not always going to get the job done. You can't just rely on the newest gizmo. You have to have some know-how in your brain yourself. And so he and Brody kind of team up. And then you have everyone's favorite Quint played by Robert Shaw, right? Who, who was by legend, um, quite difficult to work with on this film he had quite a lot of stipulations in his contract he was like okay so i'm not going to stay on martha's vineyard where you're filming i'm going to stay on the cape and so every day you're going to come and get me with a car and i'm going to take a plane over to martha's vineyard wow and every every day in that car there's going to be a bottle of jack for me and I'm oh gonna my cons- god! And I'm going to consume that bottle of Jack Daniels on the way to go film at Martha's <laughs> Vineyard. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he was he was quite quite extraordinary. Um, also delivers one of probably the greatest monologue in his entire career when he talks about the USS Indianapolis. It's like riveting acting. He's so good. So anyway, but he is the Islander. He's the shark hunter, and he's total old school. Right. And his is a battle against the shark. You know, he almost died from a shark attack um, when when the Indianapolis was um, torpedoed and attacked during World War Two. You can see a movie. I think this is a movie on Netflix with Nicolas Cage about the real Indianapolis, actually. Fun fact. So fun. So anyway, so he is the the natural islander who 
has no use for technology. So now you have this trio of you have the non-Islander regular dude, you have the gruff sea captain, and then you have the nerdy technology guy. And together, they form one coherent team. Right. But none of their none of their um plans work individually so the movie is really about like cooperation and teamwork and so like Mm. how are we going to get how are we going to get each of these plans to work because they try each one individually and nothing works and so finally it's only with bro uh, it's only with brody's gumption and some of the old equipment and some of the new equipment that he actually defeats the shark right so it's great. And so if you map all of that out in a triangle, they all surround a shark fin, Frank. So it's like it was planned that way. Ah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, do you know any, any of the history of this movie? Do you know anything about? I know uh, it was a book. Yes, it was a book. It was a book by Peter Betchley. Have you ever read it? I have not. Benchley. Benchley. The, it is quite different from the movie. In the oh, really? in the In the book... Um, Hooper Richard Dreyfus has an affair with Brody's wife. Oh wow! Even though, even though he's like been there for like four hours, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I might as well have an affair with this man who loves sharks." Yeah, it's wow. very it's very odd and different, and so a lot of that quite, but I think justifiably was stripped away for was stripped away for the um the regular film. And so the the film makes Brody more of like a family man and Hooper's actually really likable and Quint is likable in his own gruff kind of way. I guess so, you could say they ran that by marketing. Oh, I think they did. What they didn't run by marketing, Frank, is the um sheer amount of time that it was going to take to make this movie. Yeah, that's the other thing that I knew uh was that it was taking a really long time because the shark the sh- the mechanical version of the shark that Spielberg wanted was was like too expensive or they they just couldn't get it working right i it it wasn't working so they tested they made it and tested it and it worked great but nobody thought to test it in the water which is the craziest thing right i crazy crazy or at least they didn't think to test it in salt water which would uh. be which would make a big difference as opposed yeah. to a pool. But like it was 1974 Four. when they were making this movie. Mm-hmm. Like That's right. I don't know, like it stands to reason that you just need to test it in the conditions you're going to use it. That's just so nuts. I know. I guess that it's... says a lot for how sort of primitive movie effects were still at the time. Exactly. That that's a it's a great point. I mean, sometimes the, people just get ideas. So like when when Steven Spielberg made Jurassic Park, um, they tested the T-Rex and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it was only after the T-Rex was built and everything was he like, hey, let's make this sequence in the rain. In the rain. Okay. And Stan Winston was like, uh, we didn't plan for that. Like, that material's really absorbing. Yeah. Like, so they had to, like, pat down the T-Rex because it would, like, shudder and shiver. Yeah. Because yeah. the water was getting in the gears and stuff. So. So the Bruce, the name of the shark, which was named after one of the lawyers... Um, <laughs> in charge of in charge of jaws um kept breaking and so the whole reason you get a lot of the shark's point of view is because that was the only way to shoot the film and keep it like vaguely on time and then you end up with one of the most iconic like devices in any in in like all of classic film right is it, is mm-hmm. not seeing the shark for so long and being afraid of it right not seeing the shark 
makes it that not seeing the shark makes it scary because you have a fear of the unknown going back to my fear if you don't know where it is or what's around you added added to that with john williams score right it actually delivers a scary performance as opposed to watching it as opposed to watching a a b movie where like oh man that looks so fake that's no good because when the shark does show up it doesn't look super real but the film was so good at that point even the film was so good even by modern standards that you can forgive the fact that it doesn't look great. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is what makes it... It's that it's that anticipation and that fear and that buildup that are so good. Like, it's, it really gets you. And and so, like, yeah, even when you see the, the mechanical shark and it might not look as, as great, like, you let it go. You really do let it go. And it, it sh- kind of should go the other way around, right? The anticipation should make you be expecting something awesome. And then if it's just okay, then you're like, oh, it's, it's not great. But for, for whatever reason, it just totally works. And you totally, you buy into everything that these characters are experiencing. And it, it, it totally works. Yeah, I think a good, I think something that works really well is that even when you really do see it for the first time, when it kind of rises out of the water and the very famous line, I think we're going to need a bigger boat, Mm -hmm. you know, all that. I think after that sequence is the barrel sequence, like the the yellow barrel riding thing. And they did that sequence because you still couldn't see the shark. It wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And so that's where they came up with like, Oh, well, if we tie barrels to him, then the barrels will be the shark and the audience will know where the shark is. Mm -hmm. And so even when you see the shark for the first time, we go back to a place of not seeing it. And so it's not like it's there in front of us all the time. It's it's really brilliant. And then on John with John Williams score on top of it, it's oh. that the um the 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 original like bottom bottom is meant to mirror your heartbeat. And mm-hmm. so you know, do you know this, right? I did know this, yes. Yeah, okay. So I'll I'll tell people who don't know this. Cover your ears since you already know it. Um <laughs> Very, very good. He's audience. He's actually covering his ears. Frank's such a good guy, but it means nothing because he's covering. Sam, are you his talking? Oh my goodness! No, no, I'm not talking. Are you? This is this is your conscience. Are you talking? I hope you're talking because this is bad podcasting if you're not talking. This is your conscience speaking. Oh, we haven't talked in a while. No, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so the the is supposed to mirror your heartbeat and so it starts slow at the beginning of the film and then it progressively gets faster as we know every you know when the shark attacks but as the film progresses you don't get the slow rhythm anymore it jumps straight to the and so john williams is kind of conditioning the audience to fear the shark without seeing it and so your heartbeat jumps immediately when the music jumps he's like he Pavlov dogs the audience. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's it's really really smart. And then, and then with the rest of that, that's what everyone remembers. But the rest of the the rest of the score is so good. People don't give it enough credit because there's he says a lot about like when everyone's getting off when the Fourth of July people are getting off the ferry and it's kind of this like baroque music piece and it's like here's the upper class elite coming to here's the upper class elite coming to the island and he's saying a bit about you know, the state of the economy of the island and what it's like in the 70s. And then the high sea adventure music that takes place like right in the middle because it's kind of horror movie for the first half and then high seas pirate adventure for the second half. And it, sure. there's a big tonal shift even in the even in the film. It's not 
as scary in the second half because your trio has united so there's like strength in unity and so you shouldn't be as afraid but then you let you so you let your guard down and the music lets you do that because it's kind of exciting and 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 peppy but then people still can die and the film reminds you of that so uh, yes ah yes yeah yeah Huh, so smart. it's totally good. Plus, it's always great to, you know, watch people like chilling on a beach when you are, you know, inside in air conditioning and you know, when you watch a That's movie true. in the summer. You're like, That's well, I true. couldn't make it to the beach today, so I might as well watch this movie where other people are sitting on a beach. May as well. Make, make me feel like I'm there. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. You know, you talked about um, the, how the, um, Marine biologist character, the um, Richard Travis character, Hooper, um, Hooper, Hooper, Hooper learns the lesson that you know science or technology can't solve at all. What What are some of the themes or lessons of this movie, um, in general, as you see it? There's cer- well, there's certainly a man versus nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certainly a man versus nature aspect to the film. There is a there I wouldn't necessarily call it a coming of age story, but I would certainly call it a um a need for inclusivity or something like that in because you know all Brody really wants to do is kind of belong to the community like that's kind of you know he moved out there he wants to i mean they treat him really well every he's not hated or anything people people like him. But he's not one of them, and they mm. and there's a so there's a bit of a need for inclusion. There's definitely a th- there's definitely a theme of hubris going on because the mayor has a bit of hubris about him. Like, oh no, people are safe. It's okay. Blah blah blah. And then kind of the hubris that Quint kind of brings in, you know, you know, this like, oh no, I can kill the shark for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And this guy, spoilers for Jaws, I'm sure you've all seen it. Um, this guy who is the one that's like, I can kill the shark, no problem, is the one that dies out of that out of that trio. He's like, and so the folly of man is your downfall. Ah, uh, okay. So that's a theme right there, the folly of man. Sure. I mean, anything could be a theme if you say it is, Frank. So I mean, that's. I a, think that running yeah. things by marketing is a theme. Yeah. <laughs> Quite potentially. That's my Hooper laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. So you could argue there's a bit of, uh, a bit of Family Man theme kind of in there. There's a bit of okay, yeah. You know, Brody trying to be a father. And or how to reconcile work and parenting at the same time. There's not a lot of it, but there's that. There's a few Spielberg touches. That really cute scene where Brody's at the dinner table and his kid is kind of. I think it's. It might be Michael, but I'm not. I'm not positive about that. Um, could be Sean. It's either Michael or Sean. Doesn't. Um, I think it's. Um, and he's kind of. And he's kind Sean. of. Sean. Oh wait, no. There's one of each, so I don't know. Yeah, Michael's the older one. Oh. So I think it's the younger one. So uh, he's kind of mirroring his dad's his mirroring his dad's image like Brody's put his hands on his cheek then the kid does and so on and so forth. And he's like give me a kiss. Why? Because I want one. Or whatever <laughs> the line is. It's very cute father-son stuff, which is yeah. in almost every single Spielberg movie that there ever is. Yeah, ever. that's true. That is a big thing for him. 
Fathers and Sons is a big thing for Spielberg. Yeah. So, what do you do? You see any themes in here that I am not hitting upon? Oh, I would not presume to go up against the professor. This is well, this yeah, is well, your. This is, but this is a conversation, man. What? Like, that's um, we, uh, bigger boats. Um, <laughs> you know, just in general, I think that boats should be bigger and and i think they really expound upon that really mm-hmm. really well do you know the name of the boat do you uh, know the name of quint's boat the not big enough the ss <laughs> not big enough <laughs> nailed it no it is the it is the orca because uh, orcas hunt sharks it's very clever it's very good smart they are natural enemies it's very, very good. Um, fun fact, they filmed, They did not film this movie in the summer. They had to film in March and April because that's before the big crowds get there. Hmm. So all those people that go into the water, they're all doing that in March and April in New England. Like, can you, like, people are barely going into the water now because it's just getting warm enough. Right, can you, right. Can you imagine, like, ugh, just go, like, and then being like, yay, it's so much fun swimming in this water in April. Like, ooh, so cold. I'll give you two themes. I'll give you two okay. themes. Uh, uh, anchors. Anchors away, my boys. Just mm-hmm. anchors because the, the, what's his name? Captain wants, wants anchor, like, like has the anchors everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, but you mentioned the mayor. Is it the mayor? Yeah, I guess it's a mayor. Yeah. Ma- okay. Uh, of Amity Island uh, and not wanting to shut down the beach because that's their whole economy. That's kind of a critique of... Of, of capitalism it's kind of a criticism Ooh, very good. you know mm-hmm. of just it, it's sort of a um it points out the ridiculousness of but we need to make money so yeah people might be in danger but but we need to make money yeah that's that's excellent that's really good his name is larry by the way the mayor and mayor larry mayor larry i mean he, he has a last name it's vaughn frank anyway um good for him there's a there is a scene when so at the second shark third shark attack um when the little boy when the guy like loses his leg and all that stuff and michael's in the pond blah 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 when they do that nice uh zolly shot the very famous shot camera zo- camera zooms in as it dollies backwards to create kind of like that fish eye effect yep yep um that um after that scene, the mayor and Brody are talking in the hospital, and Brody's like, I told you, we got to close the beaches. And and the mayor says, like, my kids were on that beach, too. And then he lights a cigarette because it's 1975, even though they're in a hospital. Right. But I I like that scene a lot because it takes it takes all of that to, like, to get to to get it in his head his own people need to be at risk and almost die otherwise it doesn't matter and that that fits right into your fits right into your theme there you go look at that frank look at that look what we did we 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 created a thing frank we We did. did we did we did now i could talk about this film a little bit more however I think we should all just go watch it instead. I agree because it's it's so good. Um, the, but just before before we wrap up, there are three more Jaws films. The second one's actually pretty good. It's not it's not bad. It doesn't have the same spirit of the first one, but it's not terrible. And the third and fourth movies are just awful. They're no good, N- no good at all. The only redeeming bit of the fourth film is Michael Caine is in it. Mm, okay. And that's it. He plays the boyfriend because uh, 
um, Roy Schneider, uh, Roy Schneider had passed away at this point by the time the fourth film was made. And so his wife, Ellen, um, played by Lorraine Gary, is the is the protagonist of the film. Uh-huh. And Michael Caine plays her boyfriend. I see. Indeed. So, well, that's, yeah. But anyway, you can find us on BeerWithGeeks.com and Facebook and Gmail and Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes, and you can also check us out on all the places podcasts can be found, such as Satchel, Overcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You can check out Frank because he's hanging out in Atlanta in a few weeks if you want to talk about that. Yeah, it's just over, it's like six weeks away. Uh, we're going to be in Atlanta on September 1st, StarkExpoLive.Eventbrite.com for all the details about how you can help us donate to Generosity.org and come to our live podcast where we'll have folks like Brian Austin Green and Ian Zeering from 90210, uh, as well as my buddy Derek Russell and friends like uh, Steve Glosson, Graham Hancock, all kinds of fun people. They'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. We'll be podcasting live for charity. Check it out. Uh, help us help us bring clean drinking water to those in need at StarkExpoLive.Eventbrite.com. Fantastic. Well, Frank, this was a delightful chat about the movie Jaws. I am absolutely going to watch it sometime this week because now it's in my head. So All right. I say to you, until next time, Cheers. cheers.